You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul and start again. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as usual by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. David, we have a very special guest in studio today, uh, my mother and father-in-law's cat Pip, who we are watching for the next three months. So if you hear any very strange cat-like noises, it is indeed a very small kitten who is sitting very, next to me. I'm very excited. <laughs> Pip is excited too. He's, he's staring at us both. Is he? Cause suddenly he's quiet, right? So he gets introduced as the guest of the podcast and no, oh, there he goes. Okay. There he goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, of course, some uh, some heartbreaking news in the coaching search situation. Obviously, David, the Buccaneers are out on Titans offensive coordinator Matt Lafleur, who has taken the Green Bay Packers job, much to the surprise of basically everybody. So that's one guy that the Bucks weren't interested in, and we weren't going to talk about anyway. But you know, the the first coaching domino has fallen, so to speak. That's mm, like. The first coaching, I don't even know what to call it, raindrop. Is it like the domino that falls, but you set it up a little too far from the other domino so it doesn't knock anything else over? It's like the domino that falls when it's the first one you actually put up. So it's like, oh, man, that was really (laughs) impactful. Anyway, back to what we were doing. All right. Well, um, you know, of course, on Monday's episode, David and I ran through the Buccaneers candidates and and the, the smoke just pouring out of one bucket is only getting thicker when it comes to Bruce Arians. There's a report out that they actually had him go to uh, a, a local hospital there in Tampa to do a physical as part of the interview process. Um, it, it seems like at this point it's, it's done. Like it's, we're just waiting on an official announcement, but it, it looks like Bruce Arians is the guy. So we're not going to, um, to hammer on that, you know, anymore in this particular episode. Uh, however, we are we are looking forward to having Pip uh, talk on the podcast again. We are looking forward to speaking to Bo Brack, who is the host of Locked On Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, we talked to him about you know, David. You and I could could speculate about what Bruce Arians could bring to the team, but we thought it'd be great to. Uh, to bring on somebody who actually covers the Cardinals while Bruce Arians is there. So we're looking forward to having him on tomorrow's episode. So I don't know, maybe we'll be talking about a hire. Maybe we'll just be continuing to speculate, but I think for this episode, it sounds like we have a couple of voicemails of, of people that have called in and, and have some questions for us. So why don't we just go ahead and, and dive on into that. What's going on boys. Tyler from Boston. Uh, obviously, we know that Jameis Winston is stick around next year, and he's probably going to be our quarterback starting week one. But I want to know what you guys think of the, uh, the the rest of the quarterback room. Do you think we're bringing back uh, Fitzpatrick? Do you think we're going to draft a quarterback? Do you think that we're going to look for a backup for agency? I want to know what you guys think. Thanks. All right. Well, Tyler from Boston, thank you for the phone call. Uh, appreciate you. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we we know Jameis is there. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back. I think they they basically talked him into coming back in 2018 because they knew the Winston suspension was looming. Um, it, it might be somebody that that the new head coach has some sort of familiarity with, or the new offensive coordinator has familiarity with. Um, you know, I, I, to me, it's too early to speculate. It wouldn't. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if they brought back Ryan Griffin. So, um, you know, the the backup QB. I think at this moment in time, we need to wait to see what kind of offense they're gonna they're gonna be working with and, and guys that have experience in that particular offense or, or from someone who is branched off from that coaching tree. So it's, we're really in a hurry up and wait mode as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. My, uh, my favorite name has been and still is Teddy Bridgewater. I know uh, not everybody's really going to be on board with that, but I think that uh, Bridgewater is, he's, he's an interesting topic and when you when you talk about Jameis Winston you know we kind of touched on it already it's going to get touched on uh all offseason especially if Arians is the higher either way if he's not the higher uh it, the, you know this is Jameis Winston's going into his fifth year as uh, an NFL quarterback as the leader of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and this really is it's it's all or nothing for Jameis in Tampa uh this year it, he's either going to show that he can be the franchise leader that they hoped he would be when they drafted him, or he's going to be playing somewhere else next year because, I mean, he's not going to be out of the league, you know, barring any more Uber incidents or anything like that. He's not going to be out of the league next season no matter what, but whether or not he stays in Tampa is the question. If he can't develop under Bruce Arians, if he can't kind of put it all together, right? Because I don't even want to say it's a development issue. Jameis has the talent. He has the ability it's the. Uh, I'm glad you agree with me. Uh, it's <laughs> the consistency. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's the consistency that we need to see. And what I'm hoping is that Bruce Arians can really. We talked about kind of his communication skills and his style. Hopefully, what Coach Arians can do if he is the hire is break it down to Jameis in a way where he doesn't get in his own way. Because that's. I mean, at the end of the day, it's mentally just Jameis trying to save the day every single moment of of the game. He did better this year. Uh, he got better in that aspect, but it still came out in some crucial times throughout the season. I think he got better towards the end of the season. So we'll have to see if they can build on that. But I still think Teddy Bridgewater is an interesting name. I just don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to be interested in the situation. I think Teddy is looking for a guaranteed opportunity to start. So when I when I, when I think about Teddy Bridgewater, I'm thinking Jacksonville. Uh, I'm thinking the Giants. You know, I'm thinking teams like that who don't really have their future set yet. They may jump up and draft uh, a franchise quarterback or a future franchise quarterback. But again, every time, you know, these, these quarterbacks get drafted, the, the teams are given the same spiel of, well, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to keep them on the bench and let this guy, this veteran start and see how it goes. And for Teddy Bridgewater, he could either go really well and he could put himself back on the NFL map where he becomes trade bait or he spends one year in New York or Jacksonville, wherever, and then he's a hot commodity in 2020 or go really bad. And he ends up like Tyrod Taylor sitting behind Baker Mayfield, watching the Browns get better week in week out. But I don't, like I said, I think ultimately Bridgewater is probably looking for something different than what Tampa can op- offer. Essentially what Tampa's offering is the possibility that maybe you'll get a chance to be the starting quarterback next year. I don't think Teddy's looking for that, but he's the guy that's on my mind 
when I think about free agents. As far as draft is concerned, obviously there's a chance they're going to draft them or draft a quarterback. They're going to bring in an undrafted. I mean, that's every year you bring in an undrafted guy. Uh, what what kind of noise they can make? I don't know about Ryan Griffin. I don't know if he's looking for a better opportunity or or what his deal is. But um, if if what we've been talking about uh, as far as like Cameron Bray and his future, if if Adam Humphreys doesn't come back, I mean those three are kind of tied at the hip, so it may just be uh, curtains for all three of them in Tampa. To be honest with you, yeah. Well, and and you know I I wrote this past off season that I thought it would be a great idea for the Bucks to trade with the Jets for Teddy Bridgewater. So I'd be all in on him, on him coming in, but I think he gets an opportunity to start somewhere. I, I really truly do. Um, you know, given the the quarterback landscape uh, around the NFL and the less than stellar quarterback draft class, I think you're looking at Nick Foles being traded out of Philadelphia to be a starter somewhere. And I think you're looking at Teddy Bridgewater being a starter somewhere. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, w- I would love to see that. I, I think that would be a great fit, but I, I just think the um, the likelihood of that happening is is slim to none. But, hey, you know, we've we've said that before on this podcast, and, and sometimes wishes come true, David. Sometimes wishes come true. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what do we have next up on the voicemail docket? Hey, James. Hey, David. It's Chris from Virginia at TV underscore Bucks underscore for life on Twitter. Um, listening to that podcast with uh, Miko and Brent Grimes the other day, the one thing that really got me going was the lack of accountability in the locker room by Dirk Cutter. Um, and I think that's one thing that's been really hasn't changed in the last 11 years. Um, I think that's a consistent thing that no accountability in the locker room. Um, so whoever the next head coach is, whether it be Richard or Arians, um, kind of looking like Bruce Arians right now from everything that I've seen and heard and read that he should be the Bucks next head coach. So hopefully, uh, not hopefully, I, I know Arians, uh, will bring that aspect to him, uh, to Tampa. So, uh, talk to you guys later. Go Bucks. All right. Thank you so much for the call. And yeah, David, we never really got a chance to talk about this whole Brent Grimes on Miko Grimes podcast. Just absolute disaster. I mean, this thing was like a never ending train wreck of just I I don't I don't even know how to put it into words. It was one of the most selfish and asinine things I think I've ever heard in my life that a corner would say he's not going to shadow someone because corners that shadow, you know, the top receivers get paid $13 million a year and he's only making seven. Dude, that's the contract you signed. Like, do your job. That was one of the most ridiculous things I have ever seen. And it was Miko that negotiated the contract. Like, that's what she went out and got him. There were all, you know, quote unquote, six teams that wanted to trade for Brett Grimes at the trade deadline. Who? The, 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 you know, the people at the XFL that were just trading for his rights. Like, did you see how he played before the trade deadline? He was garbage. No. He was absolute garbage all year long up until the first half of the last game. Then in the second half, he went back to sucking. But to sit there and say that, you know, 
he got benched because he was using his cell phone, uh, you know, at, at his locker at halftime. And, you know, he wasn't going to shadow receivers because he only makes 7 million. Dude, shut up. You pro- you got benched because you sucked. And if you're, if you sign a contract to play for a team and the coach says, look, this is what we need you to do. Guess what? That's what you need to do. You already signed on the dotted line. Go do your job. Period. Yeah, I, I actually didn't even listen to the podcast, to be quite honest with you. I caught the cliff notes and the highlights from, you know, uh, several people and tweets and articles and, and all that. I heard and read about as much as I wanted to. Uh, Miko's Miko. She's always been, you know, who she is. It's, it is what it is. Um, yeah. And with someone like Miko Grimes, it's really more important to think about uh, and to kind of focus on what she's not saying versus what she's saying she reminds me of for for those who don't know before i say this and it comes out really bad um i train canines for a living right Mm -hmm. and so when i say this understand the background that i'm coming from she reminds me of a dog that barks way too much and and behind all that bark is just a scary little puppy um it's it's all it's all a facade and it's a defense mechanism yeah yeah um and the thing about miko is this She's never bitten her tongue about anything that she knows to be true because she's basically daring people to try to cover things up, right? Because she's not scared to tell the truth and uh, whatever. These six teams, like you said, right? Who are they? You're Miko freaking Grimes. If there were, if there was one team at this point in the offseason, she'd have said who it was. Yeah. Um, and she's and you know, uh, she's not gonna respond to us, you know, but if she, you know, if she, if anybody ever called her out on that, it would be, no, I'm not. Cause you know, that's not how you, you know, negotiate with teams and he may not, he may not retire and blah, blah, blah. And what you have never cared about airing out any franchise, any team's business until now, you know what I mean? Um, and granted she bit her tongue while Brent was in Tampa more than she did in Miami. Um, and I 100% think that that's Brent's doing. I think that uh, fans are right. You know, um, she didn't necessarily get it Brent run out of Miami. Uh, talent outweighs drama. If Brent had been worth the money that he was supposed to get in Miami, the Dolphins would have dealt with Miko and brought him back. But it wasn't worth it. And I think that when Brent got, when he hit the market, I don't think he had as many suitors as he thought he might. I know he didn't have as many suitors as he as Miko thinks he should have because Miko thinks that he should have 32 and a half suitors every year. And I think it became it hit him true a little bit. Like, hey, this is how I feed our family. This is our this is our moneymaker. And yeah, they're rich or you know, they have they've got money, but they don't have live the rest of your life maintaining your current lifestyle money. You know? Um, so he still need to go out there and earn a paycheck. He still need to go out there and make millions of dollars. And he can't do that if his wife is constantly a distraction to the team. If coaches and personnel are constantly getting asked questions about a player's wife, if there if there's constantly YouTube videos and Twitter videos of her getting arrested at games, um, it just can't happen. So as much as Brent might love her and not care about her antics, I do believe that's true as well. But you don't have to care about them to understand that they're bad for your business. You, you know what I mean? So that's so yeah. I, when when I look at Miko, I, I look more at what she didn't say, which is, you know, uh, zero substance behind her claims. 
as far as bringing bench for cell phones and all this other stuff, I mean, I'm not really interested in picking apart the coaching staff uh, any more than they already have, but they're gone. Like it's, it's, it's not even beating a dead horse at this point. It's beating a horse. That's gone. Like the horse mm-hmm. is no longer in the building. There's nothing to beat. So I have zero interest in sitting here and, and you know, whatever reports come out, whatever stories come out, sub tweets, Instagram posts, whatever. I don't, I don't have zero interest. If Gerald McCoy comes out and talks about coach Buckner, I had no clue what he was doing. I don't care. I don't, I don't care because right now we have no idea what this coach staff is going to be next year. We have no idea what players are going to be around next year. Now, if GMAC and Buckner both come back and that were to happen, okay, we'll talk about that. You know what I mean? But for right now, January 2019, I have zero interest in talking about Brent Grimes. I have zero interest in talking about Mike Smith. Uh, I have zero interest in talking about Dirk Cutter because um, it's, it's over. It's time to move on. Yeah, it's a, it's a new day, man. It's We've we've turned a page, started a new chapter. I mean, you know, all the, all the cliches, turn the page, new chapter, all that. To me – you know, if if they get this coaching hire right, it's a whole new book. You had like the 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 yucks book, then you had the book of the the laughable eighties, then you have kind of the the Dungy Gruden era book of of success. Now we have the the four consecutive head coaching failure book, and then if this if this next one's the right guy, we're we're starting a new one, just completely yeah. new. We, um, we talked about it a little bit. I don't know if you remember. I don't remember how many episodes it was ago, but uh, we were we talked about that with a point differential. Remember that? Um, and yeah, the Buccaneers yeah, yeah. have basically gone through a similar stretch right now that they did in the early days of the franchise. Well, if history repeats itself, we're about to come out of the fog, and you know, hopefully, Bruce Arians can be this generation's Tony Dungy. Uh, hopefully, he gets to hoist the Lombardi though, in, in the in the in the end. Yeah, it'll definitely be exciting. Whoever the hire is, I mean, at this point, I think there well, might I'm be all some in on Bruce Arians. If you're not picking up on it, oh yeah, 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 I I am too. But I think at this point, even if something happens and this Arians hire falls apart, yeah, um, you know, maybe maybe that physical that he took at the hospital, something pops up, and they're like, you know what, mm-hmm. it it may not be okay for you to go do this there'll be a little bit of a letdown, but I don't think it'll be a huge drop off if they go to Richard, mm-hmm. you know, or if they go to be enemy. Yeah, well, maybe there would be a pretty significant drop off to be enemy just because he is kind of the unknown. He kind of came out of nowhere at the beginning of this whole search, but I think there's enough excitement about just bringing in that new life and, and, and completely cleaning house and, and getting an entirely new staff to, to rejuvenate this team, I think the excitement will be there no matter what. Yeah, oh, I'm 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 hundred percent on board with that. So, let me ask you a question real quick before we finish up. Um, so, I know, and we both agree on this that the idea of Bruce Arians and Chris Richard both joining the Bucks staff, you know, with Richard on a kind of a future head coach type deal, is just not going to happen. But what about Bienemy? What 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 number do you put? Because the chances have to be better than Richard. I don't think they're really good. What do you think the chances are that because Coach I saw a report Coach Arians essentially wants to come back but really doesn't want to be the play caller. He kind of wants to just be a head coach, which is great for me because uh, that's something we talked about last year. Um, yeah, and that was that was something I put in my my coaching search pick six that I yeah. didn't want a head coach that was a play caller. Let the head coach be a head coach. Let the coordinators call the plays and and run the offense and the defense. Exactly. Like. 
that ultimately I think is what leads to success. Right. And, and I don't, you know, I don't want to discredit coach the enemy at all. I think that the interest in him is legitimate. However, every year we see coaches who have legitimate interest, not get jobs, um, whether it's, they didn't get an offer they liked, whether it's, you know, other opportunities seem better, the current situation, but whatever it is. Right. And coach Bandy might be that guy. However, he might also be willing to leave Kansas city in the understanding that, okay. in Tampa's offense, not only am I going to be part of the game planning, I'm also going to be able to call the plays uh, and be more physically involved in the actual execution of the game plan. In which case, you know, if it goes well, would lead to more clout, more, more, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, credibility, I guess, as a, as a head coach uh, moving forward to either find a new job with better, with a better market for himself or kind of like what we were talking about potentially take over for Bruce when the day comes for him to hang him up uh, for good. I don't know. Just interesting thought. Yeah, I would, I would put that pretty much equal to the chances of Richard coming on as defensive coordinator. I'll say this. I think it's better. Like I would put it at like 0.001 for Richard and like 1.8 for B enemy. I will say, I believe there is a better chance that Arians would bring back Todd Munkin to be the offensive coordinator if he does not get hired on as a head coach than for him to get enemy off the staff in Kansas City. Yeah, you know, I mean... And I'd be okay with that. I'm just saying I don't think enemy leaves a situation like Kansas City um, thinking that it will lead to a head coaching opportunity in the future. If I'm the enemy, I'm looking at the chiefs thinking, okay, I didn't get my shot at, at being a head coach this season, but we have something special in Kansas city. And if we can go win a championship, I'm definitely going to be a head coach for someone next year. And I might get paid even more being a super bowl champion offense coordinator. Mm, potentially. Yeah. I guess I can, I've, I've heard both ways. Before we sign off, I, I told I told you on yesterday's episode, I'm taking Clemson, and boy, are they laying it on right now as we're recording. This is beautiful. Yeah, I like it. I I do too. Let's let's. I wouldn't mind Clemson being the new Bama for the next few years, and and Bama fall no. down a notch or two. I wouldn't either because Clemson plays Syracuse next year. I'm already planning on going to that game. <laughs> uh, if they win tonight, I'm definitely going to that game. Um, all right. Well, David, that's going to do it for us for this episode. Uh, thank you for calling in with the voicemails, Chris and and Tyler from Boston. Appreciate you guys. Everybody else, continue to send in those voicemails. And please go check out the pewtercastawards.com. David and I have been nominated for best podcast of the year over with the guys over at the Pewtercast, all kinds of things to vote on, uh, media personality, coach of the year, you know, uh, uh, team MVP, offensive player of the year, best, uh, you know, best edition, worst edition, all kinds of things. But, you know, make sure that you're voting for your guys here at Locked on Bucks for best podcast, because there are some great podcasts on that list. But how many of them gave you the chance to win an autographed Quan Alexander jersey? That was just us. 
Just us. And how many are, are, are going to give you more opportunities to win more things like that throughout the rest of this calendar year? That's that's going to be us. You know, we, 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 we give you the goods. So make sure you're checking out the pewtercastawards.com, voting for Locked on Bucks for best podcast. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate the guys over at the Pewtercast recognizing us and, and putting us in that category with some absolutely spectacular podcast covering the Buccaneers. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com and make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. For my, my co-pilot Pip over here, yep, there he is. <laughs> We'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. 